This episode is dedicated to the memory of Daria Dugina. Этот эпизод посвящается памяти Дарьи Дугиной. Welcome to another episode of the DD Geopolitics podcast. I'm Sarah, once again joined by Lydia and JM. And I can't express how excited and honored we are to be joined by our distinguished guest, Professor Alexander Dugin, one of the most important intellectual writers today on multipolarity and Eurasianism. He's a visionary philosopher and prolific political theorist who has passionately reshaped global discourse through his unorthodox and thought-provoking ideas. Professor, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Professor. Your geopolitical writings have been associated with the ideas of Eurasianism. Could you tell our listeners what the essential ideas of Eurasianism are? Well, the concept of Eurasianism developed a hundred years ago uh, in um, the ambience of Russian white immigration uh, in the Prague, in, in Berlin in Belgrade and other European cities uh, consistent in, in the uh, and the main principle to consider Russia not just as European country but uh, as independent civilization of or maybe uh, what we call today civilization state. So uh, Russia as Eurasia, Russia, Eurasia uh, um, is the name of to, to, to understand, to read Russian history, Russian identity, Russian position in the world as independent uh, civilization, neither Western nor Eastern, and uh, civilization that has uh, all the elements of sovereign and totally independent philosophical, cultural, political construction. So, uh, idea, uh, the idea of Eurasianism was the continuation of Slavophile movement of 19th century. And uh, that was uh, idea that Russian destiny is different from European uh, European culture, European countries, that Russia should follow its own Russian Eastern Slavic way and to, 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 to have different traditional values and defend them in uh, the front of the Western modernity. Uh, and this Slavophile and after that Eurasian attitude uh, was directed or created in the uh, debates uh, in the uh, arguments um, with uh, uh, Westerners uh, in Russian Zapadnikis. These uh, are Westerners 
um, affirmed uh, against the Slavophiles and the Russianists that Russia is just the Europe, just Eastern European country and the part of modern European civilization. So uh, that was the very, very old di dilemma or very old uh, uh, choice uh, in front of Russian intelligentsia or to consider Russia to be something totally independent and uh, having its own principles inside our uh, own society or to consider European uh, European culture as measure of things and try to uh, to to repeat it to accept to assimilate uh, Europe, modern European values so Eurasianism from the very beginning was the idea that Russia is civilizational state Russia is not national state neither European nor Eastern and from that that point of of, of, of view, uh, geopolitics promoted by Sir Helford Mackinder, Anglo-Saxon author that was the founder of geopolitics. Uh, uh, geopolitics was uh, be becomes very something very very logical, very consistent because. Uh, geopolitics speaks about land power and sea power, and Eurasia is precisely what Sir Helford Mackinder meant by uh, land power. So Russia as Eurasia is something more than national state with one ideology or other ideology, with one set of, uh, of frontiers, of boundaries, uh, or with other uh, set of boundaries. So, uh, in spite of all the historical development, Russia is something, uh, something, let's say, eternal, uh, something uh, un 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 unchangeable. And this deep identity is not only Orthodoxy Christian Orthodoxy, not only uh, Eastern Slav. Uh, ethnic uh, ethnic society, but as well all the civilizational structure going uh, through through ages with uh, uh, early Kievan Rus, this, uh, after that uh, through Chinggis um, uh, Khan Mongolian rule, after that with uh, Sardom Moscow uh, Tsars and uh, Empire of Romanov Soviet Union, and now Russia in modern days Russian Federation is in its essence the same eternal Russia, eternal Eurasia, eternal independent civilization that explained in depth, in depth, this confrontation with the West that we have today. So um, I have discovered this uh, uh, teaching of Eurasianists, this uh, philosophical school in the late 80s and started to promote it in the uh, in, in new conditions, historical conditions, uh, at the end of Gorbachev's uh, time, uh, during 90s and uh, during Putin's time. So uh, I have discovered that, that idea uh, and uh, I, I, I thought I have found that it is the, the best way to describe our identity and to explain uh, the main, uh, main events that we are witnessing um, during the last uh, time of perestroika and 90s uh, in uh, Putin's time and finally 
modern days Ukrainian conflict is just confirmation of relevance of this uh, Eurasianist attitude. Uh, Eurasia is precisely the concept of civilization and it inscribes very well uh, into the context of multipolarity, uh, but uh, multipolar geopolitics demands some some special developments. We could speak about that uh, later if you wish. Thank you so much for your answer. Professor, this current conflict that we're facing right now is described by some people as a conflict of values. And you also mentioned specific values that the Russian civilization has. Could you please maybe elaborate on this for our listeners? What do you see as the core values uh, of this civilization? Uh, we could start with, uh, with, uh, with the idea that Western uh, uh, modernity uh, has proposed as something universal, pretended universal, some set of values. For example, liberation of individual from all kinds of collective identity. Uh, or well, absence of uh, secular, secularism, absence of transcendent dimension of uh, the spiritual world, uh, uh, absence of immortality of the soul, uh, non-existence of God, materialism uh, and explanation of the structure of the world we live in, the progress and the time uh, that uh, refuses uh, to the existence of the eternity. So everything was put in the becoming. So all the values of modern Western civilization are rooted in the becoming. So there is no essence, there is no identity, there is no nothing, nothing um, uh, unmoved, uh, nothing eternal, nothing, not, nothing permanent. Everything is in liquid state, everything is in the move. And this move is this totally in, uh, immanent uh, vision of the being or the reality uh, was uh, uh, expressed in the sets of the modern Western values, liberation, uh, transgression, uh, independence from all kinds of hierarchies, liberal democracy, individualism, human rights theory, uh, technological pro progress as uh, destiny of the humanity, capitalism as unique uh, uh, economical system obligatory for all the worlds, and uh, liberal democracy as unique type of society um, that uh, the West could tolerate, and individualism uh, and, and the culture uh, of uh, total rhizomatic, as uh, Delos says, uh, totally horizontal uh, network uh, relations between people, cultures, things, uh, um, against, against high, vertical hierarchy of traditional society, all that has created during the time historically modern day system of, of, of uh, Western liberal global world. And this universalism uh, we could trace uh, to the origins of the Western modernity, 
and 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 the West considered always itself as, as to be human to be humanity. So the West was considered to be humanity. All the rest outside of the West. Uh, was considered to be subhuman uh, uh, regions, so, so savages, barbarians, and the main this destiny of all humanity was uh, conceived to become like the Western people. So to be uh, to to get into the progress, to to share these modern values, and so on and so on. So that. The, uh, the, the, the set uh, of the modern liberal, so-called universal, so-called global values uh, is the type of historically, de historically developed uh, structure. And today it is uh, presented as if it would be something that is shared by everybody. It is imposed. And the globalism by, on everybody, but it, it is, that is not shared by everybody. In spite of that, and in the confrontation with that, Russian identity is quite different. It's much more traditional society. Traditional society with vertical hierarchy, with authoritarian understanding of the nature of, of, of uh, the sacred political rule. So there is the sacredness, not secularization. There is a holistic, uh, as we say in sociology, holistic anthropology and ontology. That means that the, the human being is not individual, is the collective. It is a personal relation with God, with other people, with with culture, with history, with time, with eternity, with death, with uh, with future. So that is much more complex understanding of what man is, what sex is, what uh, gender is, what uh, time is. And uh, these uh, values we are calling now traditional values because they belong to the traditional society. And traditional society was that that was abandoned explicitly by the Western European uh, modernity. And among all these traditional values now defended by law, recently, one year ago, a little less, Putin has uh, signed decree uh, on the de of the state defense of traditional values. And this uh, uh, values are named uh, in the decree and this document, and among them is very important value: a domination or prevalence of the spirit over the matter. So it is like new middle age. Uh, so our tradition is not modernity; it is something different. And Russia, confronting with the postmodern West, uh, became step by step step conscious about incompatibility and contradiction between the West, uh, Western values of total uh, relativism and secularism and uh, uh, this uh, idea of promotion obligatory gender politics, transhumanism, post-humanism and uh, uh, eventual singularity. Uh, so that the end of the of, of the humanity, deep ecology, uh, incompatibility with Russian identity. So identity as such is 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 uh, um, 
rejected by the uh, modernity essence as such. And Russia is loyal to the identity, to the tradition, to our historical way. And that is uh, what is decided in this uh, present day confrontation between us and the collective West, as we say now, because collective West is, uh, uh, is consolidated around this modernist, Western modernist, universalist, I think, racist type of values imposed universally on, on, on all humanity. And Russia is in avant-garde uh, of, of alternative uh, process. We defend traditional values, not uh, Western, not liberal, um, neither, neither uh, we, we suggest to, to, to accept our own values as something universal. We just want to, uh, to have to conserve these values, traditional Russian values for us. And we, uh, we don't mind if, for example, the other civilization, Chinese civilization, Indian civilization, African, Islamic, um, Latin American or Western or American would prefer different set of values. So it is not about one set of values against the other, both universals, as was universal, as was the case in the Cold War. Now it is different. It is multipolar understanding of uh, uh, so, uh, systems of value. We uh, uh, think that we uh, defend our traditional values, Chinese, Muslims, Indians, Africans, and other 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 people and civilizations uh, uh, gathered in BRICS, uh, uh, then defended their own uh, type of, of traditional values. And only the West is the exception that uh, doesn't, the West doesn't defend its own traditional values. It defends and try to impose on everybody their modern values that have have little to do have little to do with real Western tradition. It is a kind of uh, a kind of anti anti European values uh, because uh, this individual materialism, atheism, secularism uh, led to, to the last uh, last uh, form, last uh, consequences. It's something that contradicts to, to the Greek or Roman uh, identity of, of Western uh, civilization itself. So it is a kind of plague for us. It is toxic for the West. The West tries to promote and impose and make universal something that is not yet uh, the Western values, because modern West is something very different uh, comparing with the traditional classical West. And against all that, we are fighting. We are fighting not for, in, 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 not in, in, to impose our Russian values instead of the modern Western values, but to defend for us our values. And so, and we have nothing against if the other civilizations, other civilizations, the whole states would prefer different different sets of value. The, the real problem is with this racist, colonial, imperialistic universalism of the uh, postmodern liberal uh, West. Uh, during your presentation at the St. Petersburg Economic Forum, 
you spoke about the different scenarios that uh, Russia could take for its further development, we could say, because as a lot of people recognize, uh, in a lot of ways, Russia right now is at a crossroads. Could you uh, maybe explain to our listeners, how do you see the different scenarios for Russia's place in this new world? So uh, my uh, my vision is uh, as such. Uh, there is the um, concept uh, of Russia as the part of European Western global world, as the part of uh, European civilization. That is the position of Russia's uh, Russian Westerners, Zapadniki, and liberal of 90s, and many many liberal of of, of presence day Russia. So that is clear, and that uh, if we consider the Russia as a part of European civilization, so we uh, we are in deep uh, crisis because we 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 fight today with collective West. The, the West has cut uh, uh, its uh, relation uh, with us. The West has judged uh, modern days Russia uh, as aggressive, uh, non-Western, uh, uh, and so on. So we are in deep contradiction. And if we still insist that Russia is the part uh, of Western civilization, there is only one way to stop immediately war in Ukraine, to, to recognize the, the mistake, the error, and to, to uh, to beg, to beg, beg a pardon uh, uh, in, in the West, and to be punished for this uh, uh, this effort to to uh, to revolt, uh, to make a riot against the the, uh, the metropoly of uh, Western civilization. If we consider uh, the Russia to be part of the Western world, we are doomed. So there will be no Russia, no more Russia. Uh, there will be no more independence, no more sovereignty, no more uh, integrity, because we should pay for what we have already done, uh, organizing this revolt against the West. So. In, almost nobody thinks like that in Russia, uh, and if um, some some person still believe that Russia is the part of uh, Western civilization, they are they are working against our national interests now, betraying uh, our our state and our president and our people in favor of the uh, of the. Uh, alternative uh, uh, power uh, enemy. I could remind that, for example, uh, the example of British fascist party uh, on the eve of, se of Second uh, World War, it was totally, uh, totally legal structure, fascist British party uh, in Great Britain, but uh, having good relations with Mussolini, with Hitler, and uh, but when um, uh, Second World War start, started, uh, they were very put in the concentration camp because of uh, uh, treason. Uh, tre uh, uh, they 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 were considered to be uh, to be traitor. So the same now for liberals uh, in Russia. So if someone 
in Russia still think that Russia is the um, part of European civilizations, they are in a position of British fascist party in uh, England uh, after the start uh, of uh, uh, Second World War. So it is out of the question. The second um, scenario of, of the future is based on the idea that Russia is alternative West. That is independent sovereign West, but it's not uh, the, uh, the uh, slave of the West. It, is, uh, it should be put on the same level as the West. That is the Western European modern culture, uh, state, modern culture. And, uh, but now we are in fighting against uh, the West, for example, as uh, France and Germany in the Westphalian system. Both France and Germany belonged to the Western European uh, civilization, but there was a kind of conflict of interests uh, between them, so that was normal in the, um, in the realistic vision. So, uh, uh, and in order to, 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 to promote this attitude, this uh, self-understanding and self-consciousness of Russian state, we need to, to, to find a way to, um, to replace uh, direct relations with the West by indirect relations with the West. So that is called importazemishenia in Russia. So um, that is a replacement of import products. And uh, that in a broader sense, that is replacement of all kinds of direct uh, relations by indirect relations. That is more or less that uh, our government is doing now. So that is the, what, what, uh, what we are. And I have suggested in the St. Petersburg Economic Forum, in the session uh, with Vice, uh, Vice Prime Minister uh, Belousa, Andrei Belousa, who was the, the, the chief of this group of discussion, I have uh, suggested third scenario, third vision of future. Russia should affirm uh, herself uh, as independent uh, civilization, not uh, uh, the Western civilization, but Eurasian, uh, a fully autonomous, uh, autarkic civilization. And we should not just imitate indirectly uh, the, the Western type of uh, of society, but we need to, share, to, to accept seriously uh, traditional values, to, to restore spiritual dimension in our being, uh, uh, re revise uh, all the traditional values that we have as well abandoned uh, more or less uh, hundred years ago, return to, to return. We need to return to the spiritual, religious understanding of the nature of being. Uh, we should return to theology, to new, new Middle Ages, and to go uh, to, to a Russian way in the Russian future. Not only to to compete with the West uh, on, in the same field, but uh, accepting, accepting. Uh, the, the Western measures, the Western standards, but we need to impose our own sovereign standards and to uh, affirm and defend and develop uh, not uh, only a Russian special way in the main uh, Western road, but to follow our own, our, our own 
Russian Eurasian roads leading to goal that is uh, uh, our goal. It is not just to, to, to compete uh, with the criteria, with the standards that uh, were uh, that are uh, imposed uh, by the West. For example, who is richer, who is uh, stronger. It is not the way. We have different uh, vision of measure of the reality and different uh, values. Uh, we we consider our, our civilization as a civilization of spirit and justice. And uh, we are very far from that, but we need to, 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 to make effort to go precisely that way, not in the post-capitalist post-capitalist uh, neoliberal liquid society of the West. We need, we need to defend the, the sane and healthy family, the traditional hierarchy in the society, the veneration of, this, uh, of the priests uh, as the highest uh, estates, the uh, military men, the, the honest, honest worker. And uh, that should not be capitalist society. That should be uh, Russian society basing maybe having the market, but not market society. We, we, we are for the society with market, but not market society. So, uh, and I have suggested these three scenarios, this revision. First uh, is uh, uh, everybody agreed in the forum in St. Petersburg that first position to consider still to continue to consider Russia as the part of the West is already abandoned by our state. Nobody would, would dare now to 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 promote this attitude because it's suicidal and that, that is a crime against 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 the country. Uh, second uh, position to imitate West and to replace uh, direct relations by indirect relations is uh, in process. That, that is the main 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 paradigm we could say now defending sovereignty. But I suggest to add to this defend, defense of the sovereignty this strategical depth, the strategical dimension of Russian. Uh, of Russia as civilization in order to correct and to prolong the plans of, uh, for our government, for our country, uh, because it is not just short-term solution to, to receive uh, uh, everything from the West through, for example, Arab countries, through China, through, through all, all, uh, other uh, hubs, uh, but uh, to, to reorganize our own life on the Russian principles, Russian basin, uh, refusing uh, the, uh, any kind of universalism uh, for uh, Western values. And I think that has uh, has uh, pro provoked uh, big debates and uh, uh, many people in government and many people in society in general uh, started to, to think about, uh, uh, about this new dimension, new perspective, because, because the mind of majority of Russian elite, uh, in the, when uh, special military operation began, was precisely in the point between Russia as part of European civilization and Russia as a sovereign, sovereign, uh, sovereign country, totally sovereign and uh, with its totally special, totally organic uh, national interests. 
So that was there between uh, first uh, revision and second. And now we 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 need to uh, to replay to uh, to shift uh, this uh, point. Uh, and uh, almost all uh, agree with myself that uh, we need to to continue this move toward the understanding of Russia as totally and fully independent civilization, and we need to already to take in consideration to take in the account this new strategical dimension. We not are fighting with the West uh, for the short time issues. Uh, but we are uh, we are uh, we are coming. We we should as well visualize uh, the the future uh, of future uh, uh, affirmation of Russia as totally independent civilization. Um, professor, you mentioned in your previous answer that if Russia is to consider itself a part of the Western world, then logically, following from the idea that Russia is a fundamental part of the Western world, then currently Russia should, if that is the idea that prevails, should stop, um, cease everything, uh, repent, and accept whatever punishment. But I would have to ask why, because the West often fights among itself and has done in history. If Russia is defending its national interests, why would that – could that – would the idea that Russia is part of the West be therefore dangerous in that sense, in your opinion? So we should uh, consider the, the situation. So first of all, I'm traditionalist, and uh, from the very beginning, I – I'm against the Western modernity. I consider this modernity as a wrong way. I refuse uh, all the main uh, main principles of Western modernity. I'm in favor of tradition, of hierarchy, of spirituality, of well, to, of pre-modern uh, uh, systems, and I consider that uh, the modernity was wrong from the very beginning. So that is my personal view. But uh, I, uh, I have the other answers, more more pragmatic one. Uh, if we consider, uh, if we consider when uh, national states in the West uh, were really sovereign. Uh, that was uh, that ended already uh, in the beginning of the of the, of the uh, 20th century. The last uh, uh, war between uh, really sovereign national states, European and not European, was the First World War. So the First World War was the clash between national states, and in that situation, Russia. Uh, Russian Empire could behave uh, itself as uh, one of these national states, among the other, choosing the partners, allies, uh, or enemies. That was uh, uh, possible. But later, already uh, in the uh, 30 uh, and uh, in, uh, toward Second World War, there was clear that there are only three real, uh, really sovereign, sovereign camp: Soviet camp, Soviet Union, uh, Anglo uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, pole, 
capitalist civilization and uh, Central Europe uh, in that in, in those times uh, under control of national socialists and or fascist ideology. So there was three ideological camp that uh, uh, were uh, holding the real sovereignty and outside of uh, these three camps, no real sovereignty, no real national state uh, in the classical Westphalian sense could, could, could exist. And after the fall of the uh, Nazi Germany, there was uh, only two camps, only two sovereignties. Uh, bipolar world uh, and Cold War was precisely the clash between only two holders of the sovereignty, Western camp against Soviet camp, including Eastern Europe. And after the fall of the Soviet Union, there was only one uh, holder of uh, uh, real sovereignty. And inside of the zone of the control of NATO, no real sovereignty uh, was permitted. Uh, so it is neither US nor any European country are fully sovereign. Uh, modern West is a supranational construction uh, united uh, by NATO, by liberal uh, democratic elite. And uh, this is precisely a um, unique model that doesn't let to anybody uh, to have real sovereignty. All sovereignty should be given and could be revoked, uh, take, taken back by by the uh, global uh, global West. So global West is the kind of hegemon uh, in that situation, and the only sovereignty uh, in the unipolar uh, moment, as Charles Krauthammer has called it. Uh, the, the only holder of this sovereignty uh, during this unipolar moment was the collective West, precisely. And Russia is not part of this collective West, and uh, uh, it, it could not fight uh, against the collective West as a national state against other national states, because there is no more, there are more than 100 years, there, there is no more any really sovereign national state. So the, the holder, the bearer of the real sovereignty is something different from national state. It, it is not uh, sufficiently reflected in the theory of uh, international relations, but the, the people like Krasner or uh, Mirshamer, they, they, they agree uh, that, uh, or for example, Huntington, that we are dealing with totally new subject, new access, new new poles uh, of sovereignty, it could be either either uh, a global uh, a global system, global government, or uh, civilizations. So in that logic, Russia uh, ha ha has no other, uh, other uh, exit, no other uh, option. As to but to to fight against uh, the Western civilization that is not anymore Western, neither civilization. Um, in, in time of Trump, it could be possible that Trump um, considered the United States as national state, and in front of national states, uh, Russia as other national state could could create different kind of relations, not necessary 
uh, struggle, not necessarily hostility, but dealing with globalist, neoconservative, uh, hegemonic uh, um, strategy of Biden's administration as uh, that tries to, to preserve, to, to, to save at any price unipolarity, we have no other solution as to fight, but to fight. And I think the same will understand soon the other uh, civilizations. Uh, now they try to use direct conflict between us and the West uh, and to, 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 to get behind our, 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 uh, our back, uh, our shoulder. So they, they, they try to, to assure their growing independence from, from the collective West, but giving us uh, the, the, the role to, to, to have uh, um, to all the sufferings without uh, uh, undergoing. So, uh, but nevertheless, I think that uh, in, uh, inside of uh, this uh, global liberal uh, vision of unipolarity, there is no place for any kind of uh, sovereignty of any kind of independent national states. For example, we could not say without smile that modern days France or Germany or Italy or Spain, uh, not to speak about small Eastern European countries uh, uh, or, or Ukraine, are independent. They are just the part of the of the, uh, of the totalitarian system of global liberal rule, and Russia uh, has theoretically no, no place in that, and now we see that in the practice, and uh, that corresponds to, to what I consider to be eternal Russian identity. And now, uh, for example, 30 years ago, when I, uh, or more than 30, 30, 35 years ago, when I have started to develop my, uh, my, my vision, uh, I was in a of absolute minority, uh, purely ma marginal, and now it is more or less the main the main line of our, uh, all our society, all uh, our Russian states. State. What you've just said, it made me. It definitely triggered me to think of Serbia um, when you were talking about all of the Western uh, hegemony. So, um, before. In a previous interviews, you said something about the Serbs being responsible for opening and awakening the multipolar world. So now we've kind of seen Serbia in a situation um, where it's, you know, the they always say we're an island in a sea of NATO. Um, so as we like, how do how does Serbia find her place? How where do they fit in? And how, like as we're moving forward, uh, watching the multipolarity develop, um, what is Serbia's future? And uh, how do they persevere and how do they win in the end? So it is very, very, very tragic situation. Serbs were punished instead of us in the 90s. They were, they, they were um, destroyed, uh, uh, dismembered and um, tortured uh, precisely by creation of this unipolar, uh, unipolar system. They resisted heroically. And they have awakened us um, in uh, 98 uh, during uh, bombardment of Belgrade. So the, the, they are too small. They could not pretend to be sovereign. They could not stand against 
the pressure of the of the Europe, of the West, of the NATO. So they they that is small but tragic um, people, uh, and they are they have played their role to awaken us. And now they are in a very very difficult situation because they are uh, far from us. There there is no 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 way to to to. To, to defend them, to to to, uh, to make uh, their life safer. They are surrounded by uh, the NATO states and uh, they they have little economy. And uh, um, in, in the situation of the open war uh, between Russia and the West, they could not openly uh, support Russia, they will be destroyed. Uh, so uh, they, 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 that is heroic people, very important people. But at the same time, uh, they, their position is tra tragic. Uh, they can hope to change their, their position if, uh, or maybe uh, to say, when we win in Ukraine. Only when we. Um, uh, show to the world our real, real strength and capacity to preserve and establish uh, firm sovereignty and independence of Russia, Eurasia, and that in, implies the control over, uh, over uh, Ukraine. In that situation, I think their position could change as as well. They will be the big shift uh, uh, toward multipolarity in Eastern Europe uh, as a whole structure. So uh, I think that uh, Hungary and maybe uh, some other countries, Eastern European countries, will have real choice. Now they have no choice. Uh, they have uh, they rejected uh, uh, pro-Russian tendency after the fall of the Soviet Union. They are integrated into the NATO and European Union, so they have lost they, any kind of their sovereignty. But with our victory, uh, eventual victory and necessary victory, they will receive once more historical chance to to define their future because now they they are. Uh, uh, are mechanically involved uh, in the situation that uh, uh, was created during uh, early 90s and the late 80s when they were uh, uh, embedded in the in the Western world. Uh, so, uh, but uh, Serbia um, uh, was left uh, aside of this process. The, the, the Serbians uh, stayed until last moment, and they still stay in favor of real multipolarity. So they they, they have fought for this multipolarity for, to to preserve their sovereignty, and they have lost uh, this fight because Russia was not yet ready to to go to help to them. And uh, only now, uh, after the, the, the beginning of the of the special military operation, we could consider Russia to be awake, uh, to be finally awakened to to the reality, geopolitical uh, uh, geopolitical reality, civilizational reality. So we are awakened, but we are not in power uh, now in present situation to to really to help Serbs. So. I think if they could make some 
move uh, uh, towards uh, European Union, it should be, it should be considered uh, as their crime or betrayal. Uh, 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 so because uh, because they are in a very very difficult position, uh, and uh, Russian will uh, we Russians we will always remember the heroic um, position uh, of Serbia, and we we will still have the love for this uh, great and brotherly uh, people we adore and we admire. So staying on the topic of Serbia, um, moving into kind of Kosovo. So President Vucic has said multiple times, I can't recognize Donbass because then it will cause a predicament with the Serbia situation or with the Kosovo situation. But I, I kind of see it as the opposite. Um, I kind of see the special military operation as a as an opportunity to push things forward in the ter- in the vein of Kosovo and Serbia. Um, how do you view that situation as it relates kind of like Donbass to Russia, Kosovo to Serbia, that kind of analogy? You are right, but the, the problem is not uh, of justification of some moves now. So no more justification because Nobody cares as the opposite side just uh, justifies uh, its own moves and steps. So I think that there is no more uh, no more um, reasoning uh, with the concept, but only with power. So now only tanks, only only battles, only uh, uh, only victories on the battlefield decide everything. So. Uh, for example, everybody now is free to do what uh, uh, what they want. Uh, so, if uh, uh, Vucic and Serbia would have real capacity, military capacity, economical capacity, and political capacity to 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 do something with Kosovo, uh, I think they would do that. But the problem is not of justification. Uh, uh, and comparison between Donbass and Kosovo that we could read in different in different uh, in different forms in different uh, ways, but the problem is resources. And I think to say realistically that Serbia lacks lacks now uh, this kind of resources to organize some effective operation in, in, in Kosovo. So they they should. Wait until uh, we win, and uh, after that, the balance of power will be something very, very different because our victory would seriously undermine uh, the the power of NATO in Europe and the balance of power on the global scale, and that that, that is what we are fighting for. And uh, only then, I think. Vucic or other president or Serbia as, as such could, uh, could uh, seriously start to revise its geopolitical position. Maybe not only with war, but uh, it, because if you are strong enough, you uh, you could not you could avoid a war if you're strong enough. So the, the war uh, begins when someone is is considered to be weak enough to respond uh, uh, symmetrically. So I think uh, uh, in case of our victory, uh, Serbia will have, will receive new chance 
to reaffirm uh, its real uh, sovereignty and to 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 revise the the Kosovo, not because uh, Albanians are, are bad, but because Albanians uh, are are choosing NATO and NATO and the global West that is really evil, uh, and they have betray their own sovereignty in favor of this globalism and real Albanians could as well be on the Eurasian side because that is the, the, the war of principles uh, if uh, Albanians defend would defend would prefer and some Albanians do prefer uh, traditional values so that they, they, they the, the choice will be lo logical really different other than uh, the modern and uh, postmodern West. Moving on, uh, recently, we, we know that you're a huge proponent of multipolarity, especially Eurasianism. Um, we, recently, we've seen the Russian-African summit and an enormous, what I saw as a victory at BRICS. Um, how do you personally feel about the BRICS expansion with Argentina, Egypt, Iran, UAE, and Saudi Arabia, and the surprise of Ethiopia? Um, how do you view BRICS? As, as a positive thing for the, for multipolarity? I think the BRICS is precisely the first, first uh, uh, approach to the uh, institutionalization of multipolar world. So that uh, this uh, Southern African meeting is the real historical event because uh, because uh, the BRICS becomes real club of non-Western majority of humanity, non-Western. So the club of everybody who doesn't consider consider itself as to be puppet and slave of old, uh, crazy and corrupted Biden uh, and uh, uh, its team of globalists and. Uh, uh, racist, liberal racist. They persecute their own people, and so uh, uh, and everybody who is proud to be sovereign uh, is attracting uh, to BRICS now. So BRICS in the, in the future. That is, BRICS means hope, hope to be to 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 follow uh, to each civilization its own way. Uh, the joining to BRICS. All this country is highly symbolic, absolutely symbolic, because uh, in the first uh, version, Brazil uh, represented Latin America, but it is the Portuguese uh, Portuguese part of Latin America, very, very, very powerful country, Brazil, and very, very strong, where this particular identity and great, great capacity to affirm its its independence, but it's just the part of uh, uh, Latin America. With Argentine, the second part close to Brazil representing Spanish uh, Spanish population. We have almost all uh, Latin America. It, it is a kind of great space. And Chile uh, can join after and uh, Venezuela uh, and finally Mexico. So, but the, the process of creation of, of, of full-scale independent whole of multipolar world in Latin America demands something more than Brazil. And the 
Argentine is enough symbolically, geopolitically, historically, by its identity, by, it, by its um, uh, uh, traditions. Uh, uh, and I think that that the, the joining, the fact uh, of Argentine to join BRICS, it is a kind of com uh, uh, the finishing um, and to making complex, uh, complex, uh, accomplish, uh, accomplish the full, perfect, uh, the uh, presence of Latin America as a pole. It, it, Argentine with Brazil uh, plus Brazil is much more than two countries, one country plus other country. That that is that means that whole Latin America uh, is here and is, is inside the bridge. Concerning uh, Iran and Turkey, that uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia, that means that Islam finally, Islamic civilization is in, and as well as in the case of Argentine and Brazil, we have Shia Iran, we have uh, Sunni, uh, the basic of the, the, uh, the big, the greatest uh, Sunni country, Saudi uh, uh, Arabia. So we have all Islamic world inside of, of, of BRICS. So multipolarity, uh, so that, that they mean that all Islamic, whole, all Islamic civilization has entered this uh, club of global majority, of human majority outside uh, of Western hegemony. And uh, uh, we have uh, Ethiopia. Ethiopia is extremely important as unique African country that uh, was never colonized by the Europe, by the West. So that is very important. And uh, there is Pan-African, one version of Pan-African identity uh, made famous by uh, Bob Marley uh, Rastafari movement that is centered around the empire of Nebus, empire of Ethiopia as a kind of Pan-African empire with the sacred uh, thing uh, uh, at, uh, in, in, at the head of, of it. It is just uh, just a part of the his historical heritage, but that is the mythical and mythological uh, horizon necessary to unite Africa. There is uh, the other so-called uh, neo-Egyptian version of uh, Pan-African identity, promoted by Kemisiba, by Bok-Bok Basong and other people from Western Africa. But Ethiopia is, is, is a kind of uh, global eschatological symbol of the, uh, of the African unity with the great countries Southern Africa. So I think uh, that combination between Ethiopia and Southern Africa as well are two poles of African civilization that could represent whole Africa. And that is extremely important. So we have, uh, after this BRICS meeting, full-scale uh, institution of multipolarity. And there is, if you consider that very important thing, there is no leader there. The China could not pretend to be unique leader uh, because of India, for example. Uh, India could not say, oh, it's my club, as for example, United States 
could easily say about Western uh, hegemonic uh, countries. So it is my club could could pretend uh white house globalists but uh, uh but there is no no not the case with BRICS. so not, neither china nor india nor islamic country they are relatively small uh comparing with uh, china and india neither no russia no latin america so no africa everybody is in equal position so that is multipolarity multipolarity is uh, not the exchange of one hegemon or, or by other, uh, replacement of one hegemon by other that is the ending with hegemony so in this BRICS uh, system new BRICS uh, structure there is no hegemony there are different poles, different civilization, almost almost following uh, the map uh, uh, created by Huntington, and that is very 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 well defined. So uh, I, I I very much like Japan, but absence of Japan in these briefs um, means that uh, uh, the only only error mistake of uh, Huntington Samuel Huntington's map was. Uh, to recognize the, the Japan's independent civilization. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm very sad to say that, that Japan not presenting in the multipolar world uh, is losing its, uh, its sovereignty, uh, recognizing it to be the, the, the tool, just tool of Western hegemony. So, uh, but that is, uh, mm, that, that is so, so I, I could only deplore that because I like very much uh, Jap Japanese culture, Japanese history. So how these proud uh, generations of warriors and samurais could finally finally end their they, they history being the slaves of, of the wars um so um, that that is really 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 tragic i think and the other uh, civilizations they reaffirm their own sovereignty and BRICS is precisely that so russia uh in spite of the of the fact that in southern africa there are uh, Soros uh, network. They didn't uh, didn't lack finally to our president to to be present there physically, uh, but nevertheless, I think Russia plays there a role of model model role. So uh, Russia is in, in, in the avant-garde position, fighting against hegemony, and everybody else of the brief they they just using uh, this moment uh, and they they try to arrange and reaffirm their sovereignty uh, um, in, a, in a smoother, uh, a, a smoother um, uh, mode, uh, way. But uh, nevertheless, I think that the role of Russia uh, was a breakthrough precisely in this multipolarity. And I'm very, very happy that idea that was mine uh, during uh, more than 35 years, I I fought for that. I I have written the, the, the theory of multipolar world. I have defended that from the uh, uh, from the last uh, last years of 80s, uh, and finally after so many suffering, so many uh, so many uh, declinations from from this uh, horizon, finally we are arriving. 
at that point. So I consider these uh, BRICS meeting as my personal ideological and philosophical triumph. Um, one of another one of our hosts just joined us. Um, I want to introduce Professor and our listeners to Khaleesi, um, one of my closest friends and an activist from the United Kingdom. I'm sure her interest peaked when she heard us starting to talk about BRICS. So I'm going to let her have the floor for a moment. Thank you so much. Um, it's been an honor and a pleasure to join this podcast. And Professor, I've really enjoyed listening to you. Um, I, my question to you is, I guess, when you talk about um, the Sunni world and the Shia world and Iran and Saudi actually coming together and uniting, it, it was with such hope, the hope that I actually feel as well and the happiness I feel at this unity finally happening. I just have a sense of um, fear, though, that the powers that be in the world, they tried everything for a very long time to keep these countries divided. When I listen to international media, there are three countries that are always on their hit list, and it's Iran, it's China, and it's Russia. And, and this is very deliberate, and this is very, um, this, this is full of propaganda. Do you not think that they will um, try to create that division again, that whilst we are hopeful now, this hope may not last because that, you know, they have more control over Saudi Arabia? Um, and therefore, they will use that influence to create create a division again. Thank you. So, thank you for your question. Um, my opinion is that um, I, I, I I was studying long years uh, Islamic tradition, and I'm admirer of uh, some aspect of this of, of this tradition. Uh, so, uh, my hope is that finally, uh, uh, Muslim world would find some uh, principles of unity. Uh, if we consider the history, um, almost uh, almost after the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the end of Umayyad Caliphate, when Abbasids came to power, uh, there, there was a, some a split and division inside of the Islamic world. There existed a huge uh, kind of empire, Abbasid Caliphate, uh, after that uh, Ottoman Empire, uh, but always uh, some parts of Islamic world were outside of this political political hyperstructure. So uh, division, uh, division in Islamic world is not only by Shia and Sunni, by Iran and Saudi Arabia, but as well, you for sure uh, know that know, know that uh, that there are many different cultural versions, and uh, uh, Maghrib uh, uh, Islam is different from, for example, Pakistan, uh, Pakistani Islam, or Indonesian or Indian Islam. So we, uh, uh, but uh, but in order to be Paul, uh, geopolitically speaking, uh, in the context of multipolarity, no Islamic country taken uh, 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 as such uh, without the other could pretend and could afford to be the pole. So that, that is just a logical, logical conclusion. For example, China uh, with Taiwan above all can represent the pole. India with Nepal, with Bangladesh, with its influence outside of India could represent a pole. Russia with huge territory um, uh, and uh, promoted integration, Eurasian integration with 
part of uh, ex-Russian Empire and Soviet Union could represent a pole. But Iran, uh, neither Iran nor Saudi Arabia nor Turkey nor Pakistan nor Pakistan nor uh, Egypt, so not to speak, uh, nor, nor Iraq, not, nor is Indonesia. Not to speak about smaller country, uh, Islamic country could not represent the poll by themselves, taken taken so lately. So the only way is to arrange somehow Islamic unity and the Salafi movement and brother Muslim Brotherhood and the other the Wahhabi. They tried to propose this idea of Islamic state. Basing on the erasure of or of the ethnical cultural differences, that was the first effort uh, in the modern time and the last time to uh, to to promote uh, Islamic unity. But uh, uh, result was rather negative because that was a kind of unification. Uh, by the bottom, and uh, by erasure of all vertical spiritual dimension of Islamic tradition, that didn't work because the, the main, the main, the richness of Islamic tradition, the spiritual depth of Islamic tradition was abandoned. Uh, were, were abandoned. So, I think uh, basing unity on uh, ethnical principle, as in pan-Arabist movement, uh, as, as as well was failure. So uh, they, they, they the Basis, they 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 managed to they succeeded to, to unite for some time some Arabic countries, but not for too long. And uh, I think that we need totally new vision of Islamic unity. So uh, Salafi version doesn't work uh, ethnical basis is limit, uh, limitation that's obvious so uh, we could not say that for example erasure of Shia will result in the positive way because it is impossible Shia is um, lesser minor but very important and very active factor in, in Islamic world so it is out of the question so uh, uh, neither um, Sunni domination hegemony nor uh, some ethnical um, uh, ethnical domination in this unity uh, could work so I think that is open question how to how to transform Islamic world in the geopolitical pole of, of multipolar structure. The other players, for example, are in the better position, for example, India, China, and Russia, but the uh, um, uh, still other players, for example, Latin American countries and African countries are in the same and maybe worse position because the, the, the contradictions between African national states or Latin American national states are, uh, are bigger uh, than um, between Islamic countries, uh, where there is clearly defined religion, religious unity. So this, but how to how to transform this religious, clearly clearly affirmed and very powerful uh, identity? How transform it into the political geopolitical uh, elements uh, into the pole uh, into the great space 
It is the open problem. I think we need to to to, to hear everybody. Iraqis with their with their uh, age-long traditional empire, Iranians with their Persian experience uh, that united all um, uh, Central Asia uh, and sometime Turkish uh, Turkey Turkish people uh, who are the heirs of the last. Uh, imperial unification of Islamic world, as well, Arab country, Egypt, very ancient civilization, Saudi Arabia, that was the, the matrix of Islamic expansion. We need to, 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 to start to speak about that outside of Salafi project. That is already failure. Uh, and I think that is challenge. It is a challenge for all of us, of, of promoters of multipolar uh, uh, world's order, because I agree with you, the enemy, the hegemon, the hegemon try, will try and tries now to still divide, to put some countries against the other, so divide and conquer, as, as, as always. But now we need to uh, oppose this imperialist, uh, imperialist hegemony uh, with uh, promoting the great sovereign big spaces, because uh, taken isolately, they will uh, they will defeat any uh, any national state. Only creating this uh, uh, great multipolar alliance between the poles and promoting uh, uh, regional regional integration of continents, we could afford. We would create some counterbalance and to put. Uh, the globalist and aggressive uh, imperialist colonial uh, colonialist racist West in its uh, in its uh, place in its to regionalize the West. If uh, the Western civilization will be considered as one civilization among the other, there will be no more problem. It could be postmodern, it could be LGBT, it could uh, it people cannibalistic. Uh, uh, singularity, artificial intelligence, transgender, transhuman, uh, no problem with that. If uh, some civilization does met, it, 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 that is uh, its own decision. It is sovereign decision, but uh, the, the, we need to, to save the other from this toxic plague of the modern Western, Western globalism. And it is impossible to do if there will be national states. National states are over, the time is over. So, but that doesn't mean that it should be one uh, world state. They should, I think that they will be uh, civilizations, uh, civilizational states and uh, Islamic world should find a way how to, how to create it, how to establish, uh, how to establish uh, this uh, this Islamic pan-Islamic unity. It is not easy because we have some negative experiences uh, historically, and we need uh, uh, carefully avoid uh, avoid too easy and too uh, too superficial uh, solutions for that. Thank you so much, Professor. I I really enjoyed listening to you, and I completely agree with your analysis um, in how you've talked about. Um, the um, different kind of groups that formed within um, Sunni Islam and um, Shia Islam and how they need to use the values um, across the religion 
as opposed to the things that divide them, the things that hold them together, to unite across the world. <clears throat> My question to you is, um, we've seen how Islam has been used globally um, over the last 20 years. Um, so the, the way that the West has gone into a fake war on terror in Iraq, what they did in Libya. But I feel that if you look at just the religious aspects, when you talk about Sunni and Shia Islam, that was really propagated, highly propagated when it came to Syria and President Assad. They tore the Muslim community in two across the world, where brother turned on brother, because instead of actually thinking of it like we did with Iraq and Libya, um, that this is a foreign sovereign nation being invaded, um, a fake revolution being started in Syria, and the whole goal was to take over Syria for the powers that be. They dressed it up as a Sunni versus Shia thing, and I think that did a lot of damage at the time. I'm just grateful that today President Assad is still in position and these foreign interventory powers that went in that are still there today causing damage, they are unable to succeed in Syria. When I look back at the events over the last 20 years, um, and especially now when I look at what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, I see more and more people speaking against what's happening. They see Zelensky um, for the actor that's been propped up there that he is. They see Russia for being the, the, the rightful party in this, defending its land, and, and it should defend its land. So... I think those 20 years of the fake war on terror and this divisiveness and creating wars based on lies is over. Because if Iraq was to happen today, people would see it for what it was. People are now waking up um, the way that they see. Most people I know see Russia, Ukraine for what it is. It's a proxy war. So my question to you is, do you believe that warfare that's happened over the last 20 years, be it to create divide, be it to steal resources, be it to take away some, you know, some leader of a country and do regime change. Do you think that approach is now over? Um, are we going to now see a cleaner kind of future amongst these uh, Western imperialist countries? So, first of all, I agree with your analysis. Uh, that was a really proxy worse. And uh, we need to, to, to say that the United States and the Western coalition has lost uh, all these wars. Uh, all this, they uh, managed, uh, they succeeded in to invade, in effect, invading countries, destroying countries, killing people, but that is not victory. So they have destroyed many things, but they, um, they uh, have not constructed or built nothing. So that is very important. So they destroyed, they managed to destroy it, the old structures, and they could not um, uh, to construct, to build something, or propose something instead. So uh, uh, 20 years uh, of this uh, proxy wars in the Middle East, uh, invasion of Afghanistan uh, and partly Pakistan, when they, uh, when they caught, caught, when they caught, uh, where they count, uh, uh, the terrorists, uh, they, the, because that was as well intervention intervention in the sovereign, sovereign country when they called Osama bin Laden, uh, as well intervention in Libya, they have destroyed 
Gaddafi, but they they didn't con construct anything. They they didn't create anything. So they have invaded uh, Iraq. They have uh, uh, killed Saddam Hussein, but they there is nothing. There, there is war. There is a total absence of, of any order in Iraq now. In this great country, so uh, they they tried to uh, overthrow uh, um, uh, Assad, but didn't didn't succeed. And, and that they have started, uh, but nevertheless, the civil war. And I agree that that that, that was very 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 uh, tra tragical situation of uh, uh, civil war between the brothers. So, uh, but. Uh, they could destroy, but they, they could not uh, construct. So they destroy and they don't create. That is very important. 20 years of their intervention in the Middle East have shown clearly that modern days West is incapable to create anything, to impose any kind of order. They could control, uh, colonize, but finally, they they get out as from Afghanistan, um, living behind the the, the mountains of, of of corpses of, of of killed people of tortured people and nothing more. So once more Taliban as it was before uh, their occupation. Uh, so uh, in Ukraine we will see the same result because. The, uh, they they had uh, the West uh, has given to Ukrainian Nazi uh, regime uh, the big uh, uh, big uh, big amount the, the immense amount of arms and um, they have destroyed many uh, our people and there's so many that. Uh, more than three uh, hundred thousands of Ukrainians are dead, maybe more now. So they could destroy a country. Ukraine doesn't exist anymore. It's totally destroyed, and no nobody will care except us to to uh, to rebuild it. So, but uh, the West uh, has proven uh, that it could destroy, uh, it could invite, but it could not win because nothing is won. Uh, Afghanistan isn't won, Iraq isn't won, Syria isn't won, Libya isn't won. Nothing is won. All these interventions, uh, uh, they, they were chaotic and, show, and they have shown more incapacity to rule the, the planet, the, to rule the humanity. Uh, in spite of all the all the boasting uh, um, enunciations uh, or, or of the globalists, the same with Ukraine. It is the question of time. Uh, we will win there. Uh, there is no 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 other uh, no other possible issues. And but uh, uh, it seems that uh, the West, uh, uh, modern West, doesn't want really to to have the possibility. Uh, after their presumed victory to construct anything or to build, they have no idea how, what kind of order, for example, uh, in the case of their victory to to create in in, in Ukraine, because they are they are for 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 kill, they are there for for destroy, 
but not for to for uh, for construct something, for build something. No kind of order. That is why they tolerate and they have created a Nazi movement in uh, in Ukraine. They have transformed uh, Ukrainian society in Nazi, racist, Russophobic, uh, Russophobic society because they uh, they they plan for them no future at all. So uh, more Nazis killed, better the better. So they. They cynically uh, are using the people and the movement and ideologies uh, in order to create chaos, uh, chaos, and not in order to to bring some some order. So I think the result of, of their twenty years intervention intervention in Middle East that is the clear clear demonstration of their the absence of will to create the alternative order. They destroy existing order. They destroy countries. They kill people. Children, women, uh, and, and and that's all. And after that, they retire. So the same will in Ukraine now. They are killing. They are uh, igniting uh, massacres. Uh, uh, but when the situation uh, will be critical for them, they will just retire, and there will be no no trace. As in Afghanistan, as soon there will be the case in Iraq. So uh, the, the the West could not leave the world. That is the main, main law, main truth that is clear for everybody now. The West anymore could not lead the world. It has no type of order to propose, to suggest, to seduce. So uh, it is not, uh, the, 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 the West cannot seduce anymore, nobody. And that is very important. So it could hypnotize, it could buy, but not seduce, attract to 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 inspire some 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 faith uh, into the into the future. No future. It is it is a, a hegemony of punks, uh, I think. So Mad Max, Mad Max hegemony of neoliberals. So uh, the same with Ukraine and Russia has its own order. Uh, uh, the, the West uh, hates this kind of uh, order, but uh, uh, we don't mind. We uh, still will pursuing our our goal in creating and in incorporating of our brotherly uh, brotherly people, Ukrainian people, into our understanding on what uh, our, uh, global great Russian empire should be. Uh, independent, sovereign, as a polar, multipolar world. I think there is the project of uh, Islamic civilization based on religious values. There is the project of Chinese civilization. It's clear now for everybody. It's all already proven because it is not just uh, socialism, Marxism. It is Confucianism much more. There is the project of Indian uh, restoration of Indian traditional society. So everybody has a future, a vision of future as order, except of the West. The West uh, uh, is uh, on, the, on, the, on the side of chaos, and this chaos will, will uh, bury, uh, finally, the West itself. So we, we know about the concepts of Ruski Mir, Ruski Idea, um... So the Russian idea and the Russian world, they're very unique to Russia. Um, maybe people of 
pe maybe people don't understand what they are. So could you give a short synopsis of what the Russian idea is, what Ruski Mir is, and um, whether or not you think that this uh, that the special military operation has had a positive effect on these concepts or a negative one? So the concept of uh, Russian world, uh, Ruski Mir, it is ontological. It is not so much geopolitical. It is ontological. The idea that uh, the Russian world, Ruski Mir, the, the concept is based on the presumption that any culture has not only its own subject, but or or, or any uh, or special vision of the nature of the world, but uh, each civilization. Uh, big and great culture has its own nature as well. So there is no no such thing as un universal nature because if we um, start to study what we mean by universal nature, we immediately come to Western modern uh, scientific world vision that is proper to um, climate, uh, uh, intellectual climate of European enlightenment uh, and uh, uh, modernity so modernity so uh, russian world uh, the concept of russian world um, means first of all that russian uh, we russians we live in our own world and this world could communicate with other worlds that are outside of our worlds and or could not so it is open open uh, issue uh, but what is uh, sure that uh, we are living uh, in the nature formed by our own mind, because every every uh, civilization, every great culture uh, is living in the world formed um, basing on its own structure of its own mind. So the, the exterior world, external world, is but projection of the internal world. That is the main idea of Russian, of Ruski Mir. And that means that, that uh, we, we, uh, we should organize our space and our time, our historical time and our geopolitical space, basing on this main presumption that we are civilization, that we have some system of values, and this system of values we want to uh, to to project uh, on the um, uh, on the nature in, in what we we live. So when we consider, for example, Chinese uh, landscape, uh, the the picture, uh, classical Chinese uh, Chinese picture, we see that it is clearly Chinese nature that is uh, presented uh, by um, by artists so um, the, the nature can uh, can uh, can possess this civilizational aspect and uh, that is first of all and uh, this concept as well could be russian mir ruski mir could be developed or uh, explained could be extracted uh, as a geopolitical uh concept and uh, if we do so we come exactly to the beginning of our uh, conversation to eurasianism because if uh, the, to say uh, that we believe in ruski mir it is the same that we believe in eurasia eurasia that means as i have explained already that uh, uh, russia should not 
be considered only a national state, but rather civilization. So Russian, Russian world, Ruski Mir, it is the same as Russian civilization, not necessarily national state, because Russian civilization is much broader concept as Russian national state, Russian federation. And that is why that uh, the people and the territory that were embedded in the Russian Empire and the Soviet Union are logical and organical parts of this Russian uh, world. That doesn't mean necessarily that they should be put inside of our state or, or they should be uh, conquered by us. Not at all. If they agree with the uh, Russian uh, world, if, we, if they are loyal to, the, uh, to their uh, own uh, historical and, uh, and civilizational identity, they could exist as sovereign countries, no problem. And with Ukraine, there would be no problem with Crimea, with Donbass, uh, uh, if they would recognize to be the part of Russian worlds, Ukraine, or the breach between Russian worlds and European worlds, they could have all their territories uh, by themselves. So nobody had uh, any idea to uh, by power uh, violently to, to invite them to to bring them inside of us, but their, their betrayal of this deep uh, uh, Eastern European, uh, Eastern Eastern Slavic, Slavic identity, that was, and the abandon of the traditional values in favor of postmodern globalist values, that was the crime committed by Ukrainians. They have betrayed themselves, not so much us. So, and after that, uh, Russian wars. Was obliged to be constructed by by war, and that is the worst issue. But uh, uh, the the, uh, the war and the military, special military operation was was worse worst worst uh, uh, solution. How to expand uh, Russian world? Uh, that was uh, almost disaster. But there. Theoretically, there could be much worse uh, possibility if we wouldn't start this war. So that was worse, but uh, uh, there could be worse, um, uh, yet worse uh, uh, if we wouldn't start this uh, this war because uh, that was the, the the question of to be or not to be for us. Uh, and but a Russian uh, world will flourish uh, after our victory, and we will will show to the humanity, maybe into, and we will show that to the West as well, that uh, we come here not to punish, not to destroy, not to torture, not to kill, not to impose. Our own values on different branch of the same people, but we are coming to uh, Ukraine to restore the justice, normality, and traditional values. So I think so. The part of the Ukrainians uh, who, are, uh, who are just uh, tricked by the globalists and by Zelensky, they think they. They they still believe they fight for their Ukrainian traditional values. They don't. They could not understand that the West that supports them 
is the main enemy of any kind of traditional values of any kind of tradition. So they are tricked, uh, and I think that they, they, uh, pure, uh, the poor Ukrainians are in very awkward and bad position so because they are fighting. They think they are fighting for independence, sovereignty, national values, but they are fighting exactly for the opposite and against their own identity because, and that is extermination of the suicidal world. We could not change that before we win, but after that we will show to everybody what is a positive positive meaning and positive content of uh, Russian world and Russian mir. I think we're all in agreement when we say when Russia wins, but I have to ask you, what is the future for Ukraine um, in in lieu of a Russian victory uh, or an inevitable Russian victory? What What is in the future for Ukraine as a whole? So, uh, um, no future, I think. Ukraine uh, is uh, proven, uh, it's, it, 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 is, it is now just, uh, um, we have the historical proof that every, every time when Ukraine tries historically to affirm itself as independent national state, independent first of all from us, uh, it becomes almost immediately uh, dangerous, terrorist, uh, aggressive, crazy, maniacal uh, entity. And it, uh, uh, after that, uh, it is normally crushed by us or by, by, by the West. So uh, Ukraine uh, has no, no chance to exist. We have given to Ukraine the chance to exist after the fall of the Soviet Union as friendly uh, or neutral uh, friendly uh, independent states and they have lost these the, this chance i think that was last one uh, so uh, ukraine as a concept from now on should be considered as terrorist as uh, islamic state uh, isis so uh, uh, i i think uh, ukrainians uh, as a people it will flourish and prosper in our empire under our common rule because the many people in russia uh, have the ukrainian origins myself as well and uh, that it, that is not about ethnical identity that is about geopolitical civilizational and cultural choice and uh, any uh, all normal uh, ukrainians will be uh, integrated in uh, uh, common common uh, structure and Ukraine as independent entity uh, uh, has uh, no future. Nobody could grant it. We will not because of their behavior during the last uh, 30 years. And the West uh, don't, doesn't care at all about Ukrainian state because it destroys the states uh, states national states of uh, european union and uh, doesn't build them so the, uh, they, they involved the the state in their chaotic post-human society and post-modern culture in in their to toxic uh, intellectual ambience and that's also nobody cares in the west about ukraine ukraine is doomed 
and uh, uh, we don't deplore that because th that was wrong idea. Sometimes, for example, as Kurdish state, Kurdish state is is, is Kurdish people is very good people, and it deserves to to to, to have some kind of autonomy and some kind of cultural sovereignty. But the means it chooses on, on all all turn of the history in order to to create uh, the state they prove always to be wrong so they fail uh, always uh, 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 choosing wrong wrong uh, support wrong uh, uh, friends that is precisely why they have no no state because they if you choose a wrong friend in order to help you to achieve your goal, that means you have no talent, you have no spirit, you have no capacity, no capacity to create state. So we, uh, they should, Ukrainians should blame themselves. Nobody else uh, is here to blame. They had chance to help Ukraine, and they have lost that. They they did everything in order to to destroy their own country. So that 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 explains uh why they had uh, no uh, not uh, their state before historically these people is not um, is not uh designed to have to have the state and when the chance comes they normally and regularly uh, mechanically lose it I'm almost sad to even end the conversation because this has been one of the most enthralling and interesting conversations I've had the pleasure of having. Um, does anybody have any comments in closing? Uh, well, before we wrap for the for the episode, only to say thank you, Professor. Thank you. Yes, then definitely. It's it's been such a pleasure and such a special experience, and we're sure that our listeners will appreciate hearing your perspective on these things. Let's hope. They will. They will, because they often do not get to hear your perspective on things. They often only get to hear it through a Western filter. So I think that this episode was really important and um, it meant a lot to me. So thank you, Professor, um, on behalf of everyone here. And I also want to give a special thank you to Khaleesi for joining us for the first time. Uh, I'm Sarah with JM and Lydia. This has been another episode of the DD Geopolitics podcast, this time with Professor Dugan. Join us next time for our episode with Haz al-Din. Thanks and have a good weekend. Uh -huh.